What's happening, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Relish the Journey. We're here in Season 3, going through some of the most popular episodes of seasons past, some of the most undervalued, underrated episodes, and some of my personal favorites. And this episode, for sure, falls into, I think, a little bit of all three, depending on who you talk to. So we're about to hear from Brandon Polazuk, which you're about to hear originally aired as season one, episode 57 of the show. And Brandon was sitting in Minneapolis, Minnesota, when this was recorded, and I was sitting here in central PA. And that's a fun thing to talk about with Relish the Journey. I have interviewed quite a few people from Minnesota, specifically from the Twin Cities area, Minneapolis, St. Paul, right? So it's been Declan Brown and Andrew and Sarah from the Back Pocket Podcast. You've got Tyler Webb from How They're Here Podcast, also from Swipe Up is another podcast he has. Then there was uh, Will DuPont from B- Brookshire Hathaway Real Estate. Then you've got Gabe Malinsky from Never Peak Products. And forgive me, guys, if I'm missing anybody. Oh, um, Stationary Astronaut is another one, right? Nick McLaughlin. There might be more, but I, let's for the sake of this conversation, right? Been about half a dozen, say seven people I interviewed from Minneapolis. Never met, never been to Minneapolis when I interviewed them. I'd never been there. I was just circling this group of content creators that I originally found through the Back Pocket Podcast. Got to give, got to give it up to to Declan and to Andrew. I had been following them, and I noticed people interacting with their content and started interviewing them. Started with Tyler Webb. He was the first interview. Then I used him to get my foot in the door with other people and you know, found my way talking to Brandon. And I originally heard him speak on the Back Pocket Podcast, loved his energy, loved what he was about, started following what he was creating online. And then after I felt like I knew enough about him to reach out, not in a creepy way, but enough so he knew that I understood who he was. I asked him if he wanted to be the podcast, and here he is. What's really neat, and I talked a little bit about this later on in Relish the Journey, but after after having this interview you're about to listen to with Brandon and all those other people I rattled off uh, in Minneapolis, I found myself with an interesting opportunity in my life. I had recently left one job and was starting another had some vacation days I needed to use that you know wasn't going to be able to keep and with the job transition and just figured you know what it's now or never and I bought a plane ticket to Minneapolis to go to one of Brandon's events one of his Lincoln Drink events this was pre-COVID when you could actually gather in public <laughs> with a few hundred of your best friends and I went to Minneapolis for this networking event that Brandon was putting on we, we talked a little bit about Lincoln Drink in the episode here. And I got to meet every single person I had interviewed uh, over the phone and never, you know, actually talked to them face to face before. I got to meet every single one of them in person at this event and even be on some of their podcasts and really, really cool experience where I took all this online, you know, relationship building I've been doing with the podcast into an offline real world analog, you know, true experience. So that is what I hear. I hear all those memories when I listen to this back with Brandon. And I still, when I listen to his words, you would listen to this, you would listen to this podcast and think that Brandon is like in his 30s, 40s, crushing it. When we had this interview, he was in his early 20s. He's still a young guy, but he is so wise and he's learned so much from what he's done. After this podcast aired, he was voted to be Minnesota's young entrepreneur of the year. And he's done some incredible things, and he knows he's going to do 
even more things. And if you don't believe me, believe him, because he's th- his three words were, I'm not done. And truly believe that, man. And Brandon, if you're listening to this, appreciate you, all the support you've been giving me. And I love, you know, being in your corner, man, cheering you on from afar when I'm here in PA and in person when I can come out to your stuff in Minnesota. So I wish you all the best. And to all y'all listening, get ready to soak up some awesomeness from Brandon Polazuk. Give me your, you know, elevator pitch of what the company's all about. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so I'll say this. I'll say it started as one thing and it kind of built into a snowball effect. It's kind of like how I do describe it. But essentially what the social butterfly now today, um, three and a half years in, is we're a creative agency, a one-stop shop for all of your creative needs. So whether it's building out a marketing campaign, um, doing video videography, photography, but our bread and butter is really distribution of content. So we run a lot of Facebook and Instagram ads and we're pretty results driven. So we're always focusing on the return on investment for the business owner and it makes sense. And that's kind of my pitch. So that's what it is now. You said start as something different. What did it start as? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so when it first started out, this is actually a class project that you had to come up with a fake business and, you know, think about all the different things that go into actually getting one started. And I'd always been involved with clothing lines and 11 of the 12 other groups decided to do a clothing line. And I've been selling school newspaper ads at, in the beginning. And, um, this is at, uh, I want to say 2015, 2016. So newspaper ads were not hot. And I was selling them and I was seeing what other businesses were spending on for marketing. And at the time, um, my mom was actually running a Facebook page just to post on it. She was getting paid $800. Well, I put two and two together and I became pretty good at sales. And so long story short, what ended up happening is this class project, I just kind of started pitching to all the people that I was selling newspaper ads. I quit my newspaper job and I just wanted to connect the college demographic to local businesses. That was the main idea. We were going to call uh, Social Butterfly. It was essentially just a social media marketing company. Um, and we would grab like Google images and different videos. We'd share them and we'd try to make the most out of what was already on the internet. But then <clears throat> I realized that I needed to create my own content if I really wanted to scale and provide way more value for businesses because I had all these visions and all these ideas for these different accounts and these um, all these different businesses and organizations that... I was too impatient and I had to create it myself. So before then, did you have to just teach yourself then how to do that? Or did you already know how to shoot video and photo? And Yeah, no. Um, so going back to being involved with the clothing line, um, one of my good buddies in uh, college, I met him through marketing club because at my previous job, one of my mentors was like, if you want to start a business, you should go get uh, a focus group. And I had no idea what that was. She said, get your logo put it in front of 50 people, buy them pizza to get them there, and then tell them, before you even tell them what the business is, ask them three questions. First question was, what do you think this logo is affiliated with? With what kind of business? Two, what do you hate about this logo? And three, do you like this logo and why? And this is before I even started anything with the butterfly. It was just more of an idea, and I had my mom design this logo, and it, I'm not going to lie, it kind of looked like the Disney Channel. <laughs> um, it, was, it was an OG logo. Um, but basically, I, uh, I found who was the president of, Net, uh, of Marketing Club, 
and his, it was Hui, who's now one of my really good buddies. But I said, hey, I'm trying to start this company. This is a marketing club. It'd be a really good idea to just like do this focus group and you could spin it off and teach them some of the things that, you know, they could look for in the marketing industry. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I pitched it out there. We bought a couple pizzas and we just got smacked on everything that people did not like about this logo. Um, I mean, it was called the social butterfly and it had the squiggly S and, um, you know, it was like one of the first things that I, I got as feedback starting this business. And so long story short, who <clears throat> owns a, a clothing line called the exceed EXCD, and it was a gym focused brand. And me and him had always been lifting together and he would always bring this camera and make these workout videos to help promote the clothing line. And I used to get so fascinated, bro. I used to get so intrigued to just figure out how he made things look so cool from a camera when I'm sitting there looking at this gym and then I watch it on his camera and I'm like, these two things are not the same. And it really inspired me to create something from nothing. And <clears throat> I had known nothing about videos and stuff and he'd always send me all the pictures and I got so impatient that I was like, dude, I need to buy a camera. I need to figure this thing out. And I can then sell these videos and photos to the social media accounts that I'm already working with. And I, uh, I literally just put, uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to go buy a $500 camera. It's going to kind of be my budget. I can sell like videos for a hundred bucks, pay it off in a couple of months. And I, I didn't really know the potential of like what it could really be. And so I go to the camera store. The guy sells the shit out of me. I went from 500 to $1,400 camera. <laughs> he was trying to tell me that you should buy your second camera first, which I now applaud him for making me do that. But from there, we just, uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I was sitting in the car and, I just put $1,400 on my credit card. Like I just had gotten a credit card. So I was like, all right, don't have that kind of money. This is a, uh, this is a pretty big decision. And I don't even know how to turn this thing on. And I said on YouTube, I call it YouTube university, something that I mean, who we joke about all the time, but I think it's a real thing. And I just sat there on tutorials, on tutorials, on tutorials. And I'm telling you, dude, like some of my verse videos are so bad. And I keep them there because I really, truly believe you have to put something out there first. And the more and more and more you put it out there, the better you're going to get, the more feedback you're going to get, the better you're going to advance and just build from there. Oh, I totally agree. I felt that about my first podcast. You go back and listen to the first couple. I cringe so hard. <laughs> but, but you have to do it. Yeah. Know? And then it, 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 if anything, it just cements how far you've come, right? People can go exactly. back and say, okay, you know, you didn't just wake up one day and you weren't perfect at it. You got there just like anybody else. Well, and just going off of the name of your podcast, it's really all about storytelling, right? It's about the journey. And so when you put some of these first concepts out there, and even if you if you think you're the greatest ever off your first one and you're just really not aware, or if you just are self-aware and it is really bad, you just have to put it out there either way. And then from there, I just started really networking on Instagram with other people who were putting out other video content and photos in the area. And I just wanted to keep surrounding myself around other people who were better than me. Same thing with, with uh, going to the gym with Hui. He was always very, um, he was super into lifting. So he was always bigger and he had a lot of um, nutritional just tips to give me and lifting tips. And so I always try to surround myself around people who are better that at anything that I'm passionate about because then I'm going to advance a lot quicker. Yeah. Gives you and so towards. I, exactly. Well, and I think you can learn a lot on YouTube and you can do, do a lot with it, but you learn so much more when you're around someone who's just a king at their craft. Yeah. And then and I totally agree when you're around someone that's an expert. And then when you just start doing it yourself, you learn more by your own failures than watching somebody's successes. Absolutely. Fail fast, fail often. I know it's super cliche to say that, 
And when I, I mean, you follow those motivational Instagram accounts that just have all these cliche quotes. Oh yeah. But as I, as I start going through, you know, some, some of my big downfalls and some of my biggest successes, like I start to look at those quotes a little bit differently and really think about what they mean and one, try to interpret them the best that I can and like implement them into my life. And two, just to really take everything with a grain of salt because everyone's journey is different and you can't cookie cutter your life. You can't just take every like one account or one person that you know and be like, oh, well, this is what they're doing. At any cost, you have to take everything with a grain of salt and just apply it to your to your life and just adapt. Absolutely. We're, you said it once before, and you, you say it a lot from you know me just researching you as creepy as that sounds, but this whole idea you talk about about bringing value. Yeah, you're big on that. It's all about bringing value, and yes. and then you'll get that back in return. Where do you yeah. learn? Where do you learn that? Did someone teach you that, or is that just your thing? Dude, I would say this. Um, <clears throat> I think there's a stupid amount of information out there. I mean, I listen to podcasts. I consume content. I, I listen to people who are better than me at things. And, you know, I can always be better at, you know, listening and consuming content. But providing value is just, honestly, if you think about it, you can't ignore it. You can't ignore anyone that provides you value. And it could be the stupidest thing. So... If you have a flat tire and you're pulling over on the side of the highway and someone brings you a tire, can you ignore that dude? Probably not. And so when you think about that in business, if you just attempt it without asking anything in return, it's, it's human mentality that someone's going to give you something back, whether it's six weeks, whether it's six months, whether it's six years. And I would listen to the Gary V's and all the, all the top dogs in the podcast world. And they say the same thing. So it's not like I'm saying anything different. I'm just trying to consume as much content and as much wisdom as I possibly can. And then just, again, regurgitating it back into my life and figuring out at what point do I utilize some of the things that I learned. So when I was out there um, working with Iconic um, in our in our new web series for the Butterfly, I, I, I highlighted this pretty explicitly. But um, Mark Brazil, I mean, he said the same thing. He's a uh, he's a co-founder of Iconic, a canvas art brand. They're doing eight figures, and I connected with him through Instagram. Got a fifteen minute meeting. That fifteen minute meeting turned into an hour, and in that hour meeting, I got so much value, and that was one of the things that he touched on. He goes, focus on your relationships and your personal skill set. But how you focus on your relationships is you build value to people. And so when people think about networking events or when people say your network is your net worth or that you should just network, 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 people just think, oh, I got to meet as many people. I got to shake as many hands and tell them everything that I'm doing. And it's like, no, you got it way wrong if that's what you think it is. Networking is finding out, okay, what are some things that you can co-align your vision and their vision and how is it going to help them? And whether it's something that maybe you can't help in the next six weeks, or you might be able to connect him to someone who can help him immediately. It's just all about providing value. And then they're not going to forget you. They're going to remember people who gives them value. Yeah. And it's interesting because the way you described networking, I think is how most people think of it. It's give my business card to as many people as possible, you know, try to sell them this life insurance product or what, you know, what those guys you run right. into every, every networking event. But you're right. That's just, right. that's the falsehood of it where you have to, you know, kind of retrain yourself. It's not about the, the quantity and just the shotgun effect. It's, it's the the value sniper rifle, right. And getting in and right. getting the right stuff. Well, I mean, I'm in the world of marketing, right? So when you think about marketing, you're not gonna, you're not gonna click on a campaign or you're not going to click on an ad that's super general that you can't relate to, right? And so, and you're also not going to open up that generic 
LinkedIn message that you've already been, you've already known it's been copied and pasted to half of their contacts in the last hour. You're not going to open up that random, you know, newsletter that you have no idea what anything's about because it's so general. And so when you go too general at a networking event and you don't, you can't build rapport with people, you can't have a, a like a, a conversation other than just, what do you do? And it just kind of dives from there. You have to figure out a way to pivot, pivot yourself in the conversation, just figure out how you can keep providing value. And if you do that over and over and over and over again, it's, it's exponential growth because if you provide a stupid amount of value to one person and he can't stop talking about you, he's your salesperson. You just won. And it goes both ways. I mean, if someone provides you value, then you want to put them on. And it's just like, it's an underground underlying message that you just have to provide value and then you, they won't ignore it. So who's provided the most value to you so far, do you think? Wow. Never been asked that question. That's, that's a heavy question. Um, dang, dude, you're stumping <laughs> me on this one. I love, I, it. Say, I love it when I hear you haven't heard it. The worst thing in an interview is someone's like, oh, I get asked that all the time. And it's like, oh. Yeah, no, 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 that's good. Um, I don't even know if I can narrow it down to one person just because things have just been happening like crazy. I would for sure say my team because when you think about having the right people, again, it's another cliche thing to say, but it's so hard to find the right people. And you really want to find the people who want to ride the bus before they can get in the limo. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so, um, for example, like I was in between leases. Um, I was uh, moving back into the cities and, you know, just got over a bunch of stuff. And I was, I was sleeping at my office because I had so much work. I was trying to close my mind out and I was moving stuff and I was just like in a, in a, in a mess. And I was sleeping at the office and some of my guys are up in the cities. So it's about an hour and a half drive to our office from the cities. And I, I have a team right now that are voluntarily sleeping on these bean bags in his office space with me because they they just love the journey they love what we're building and it's so inspiring and it's so motivating because we're we're speaking what we want into existence and not to say that in like an egotistical cocky way we're just doing calculated things if we want to start a networking event because we want to meet more like-minded people we want to put them all in the same room and then we, we all like throwing events and it's fun and we like to go to breweries let's make it happen let's do that that's exactly what we did with Lincoln Drink. Same thing with building out an office space. We started out in uh, a, in my dorm room. And then from there, we went to a coffee shop. And then from there, we went to this building that has like a hole-in-the-wall office, which is a massive conference table in there. And then from there, we ripped out that conference table and built out like a whole, we put panels on the wall with this like um, realistic-looking brick and some dark wood. And it was starting to become a vibe. We put a couch in there and an Xbox and like, we're speaking everything into existence that we want to right now and knowing that it does take a long time to build something great, but my team is just, they get it and we're, we're on one right now. 2019 is coming in really hot. That's awesome. So you, you're building it. Like you said, you're speaking into existence. Do you think you could ever go work for somebody else now that you've done this for yourself? <laughs> um, it's actually an interesting question. Um, I came across this because I was actually offered um, a pretty big position and I didn't like necessarily turn it down, but I wanted to spin it off and more of like working with my agency with the butterfly. And the thing is, is like, I probably really could if I wanted to work for someone else, but at the same time, I don't think I could. And what I mean by that is, you know, when, when things are struggling and things are tough, I always wonder like, would I be a good number two, like not having to make all the big decisions and just, you know, dude, I'm 23. Like, 
I'm building this business and I'm managing like my friends and trying to hire all these college students and people who, you know, are, are just getting out of college that are looking for a full-time job and taking all these risks. But at the same time, man, I'm still trying to figure out who I am. And I'm 23. I'm going through a lot of stuff just in life because everyone does. Right. Absolutely. And, and so, yeah, man, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't think I could ever work for someone just because we have so much going for us at this young and I have a long, I have a long time to fail, a long time to fail. I could be, I could be running this company for the next 10 years and I'll only be 33. And that's still a lot of time to go get a full-time job if I really want one. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's back up and talk about that networking event, Lincoln drink. Cause yes. when I talked to Nick stationary astronaut and he put, does the podcasting out there and I've listened to all of them so far and it just nice. seems like a freaking awesome time. So how yeah. did, how did that get started? Yeah. So we were in, um, we have these marketing meetings at the butterfly called the powwow and we have all these social media accounts and all these brands that we work with. And so we want to keep the ideas constantly flowing. So once a week we have this meeting called the powwow. It's very un, like, we're not sitting at a conference table. We're sitting in bean bags. We're riding around on hoverboards. We're trying to get the ideas to flow. Right. And so, I don't, I don't even know what account or how the topic got brought up, but we were talking about like, wouldn't it be cool to just throw an event, like just getting all the people that we know, because I'm connected with a decent amount of people on Instagram that I talk to on a regular basis that are in the industry of marketing, video, photo. And it's always crazy because a lot of people don't know each other explicitly, but they know one person who knows another person who they know. And so my mind started taking a little bit and I said, whoa, who's putting all of these people in the same room? Because everyone's kind of connected, but they're not entirely connected. And so it was, again, it was a simple thing. We're just like, let's start a networking event and like, let's travel from brewery to brewery and call it Lincoln drink. And it was like, yeah, let's, that sounds pretty cool. Let's do that. And I uh, hit up someone on Instagram for a logo. We had the logo designed, Uh, went back with a couple of revisions And the best part is, dude, what I'm starting to realize, and this is exactly why I dropped the web series, is you come up with an idea and then I I post it on Instagram or I I make the commitment. So I said, this this networking event, we're going to do every other month. It's going to be this, it's going to be that. And I just posted it. I'm like, well, shit, now we really got to do it, huh? Same thing with this web series. We have so many to-dos. We have so many tasks. We have so many issues that we need to work on a daily like the last thing we needed to do is um, do a vlog or a web series. But actually the first thing we need to do is do a vlog or a web series because we're going to start documenting. And now people are really starting to catch on what we're doing. Right. And it's just really telling the story. And so Lincoln drink just kind of happened. And the first one was great. There was, it was a lot more people than I thought were actually going to come. It was, I uh, planned it on election night. <laughs> and so it was also <laughs> like the first snowfall. So People didn't really know what this was, and I had, like, I think 112 tickets downloaded on Eventbrite. We ran a little bit of um, Facebook advertising just out of my own pocket to figure out, is this going to work? And I believe, like, 70 to 80 people showed up, I want to say. And it was a hit, and people were vibing, and I I got so many DMs on the way back home because I had to drive an hour and a half back home. I got so many DMs, like, this is actually, like, the coolest networking event I've ever had. This This didn't even feel like a networking event dude, I just met this person. I wanted to connect with them for so long. I can't believe I finally met him. Dude, we started this thing because of this. And all these things started happening because of one night and we committed to just putting it out there. Well, then it started to snowball and we're on, we're, we just threw um, 003 
And so it happened every other month. And so we're six months into it, but we've only thrown these three events and we're still running butterfly full time. And so it's kind of been a side passion project. Well, this third one, about 180 people came Whoa. by throughout the entirety of the event. And um, we, we kind of figured, you know, we're going into the summer months. Maybe let's not do a traveling brewery and let's, you know, really build a position with a brewery that we really like and do the next three events there and just kind of test it out if people like whether they like traveling or whether they like steady because we've done three and now we're going to do three more. Um, and we just built a really good relationship with this brewery and we're, we're just taking it to the next level. And actually what we're doing from here is with three events, when you put that together and we've been so broad, we've, we've been very broad with our terms and what this thing actually is. It's for, it's for anyone who's a creator, for anyone who's an entrepreneur, for anyone who's in sales that wants to be around like-minded people, for anyone that has a vision and they just, maybe they just like craft beer and they want to come talk to cool people. Cause we have, we have um, like vibe and music, like people like music that we would all listen to. And when we did that, it was great because now it's a proven concept, but what if we took it a step further? What if we went a little bit more narrow and it's a relatable um, kind of like what I was talking about in the beginning is you can, you can be so general with networking, but when you become relatable and you become a little bit more narrow and really focus on one thing at a time, you can pivot everything. And so we haven't, we haven't done this yet, but for 004, I'm planning it right now. So you can keep an eye and see how it goes, but I want to, I want to make panelists. I want to, I want to, I want to have a panel and make it cool for kids and, and young professionals that are coming up in the industry. And so let's, let's think about the topic photography, for example, and there's a lot of photographers that come there, but what if I told you, you know, the person who grew up in, um, in, in Minneapolis and he wanted to learn photography so bad, but he couldn't really speak, um, the, Eng the English language very well. And he got made fun of and no one wanted to help him out. But then he, he built his personal brand so big that he's been featured in Vogue 17 times. And this dude's like, I think he's like 25 or 26 maybe a little bit older. I don't know his exact age, but he's a younger dude. A lot of people are going to resonate with that and be really inspired. What about if I told you that the person from the Minnesota Vikings NFL photographer is going to be there and you can pick his brain and ask him questions or this guy called soda boy on um, Instagram. He does like portrait Instagram photography and he provides a lot of um, value to his followers because he breaks down all the different editing things that he does for one single photo and he puts them all in his stories and he's got like, I think 140,000 followers. So he's got some influence and all these people are going to be there and we're going to have these predetermined questions and everyone can submit their own questions into like, we're, I think we're going to do a private Facebook group or we're still figuring out the logistics on that piece of it and building a community, but you can, you can dump all these questions that you've been having. And so maybe it's something that you can't figure out from YouTube, or maybe you just generally want to know more about their story. We're going to put a 40 minute segment of them three on a microphone and I'll be mediating or Nick from stationary astronaut will be mediating and you're just going to get straight value on that. And then after that, you're going to be having a networking opportunity where you can go meet them one-to-one. -one. And so the value is now so dialed in now it's specific to photographers, but now we can pick it up and pick the topic of whatever we want. Maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's e-commerce business. Maybe it's building a brand or maybe we get to the point where we can start bringing in keynote speakers. Um, and so this linkage rig really started to just really build out and become something self-substantial. And now it's become such a movement that I'm having other people from who are just killers and on the same mindset as all of us in this room 
starting to be like, Hey, how do we help build this bigger? How do we like, let's all come together and really build this thing. And so I don't know, man, I think, I think it's a new wave happening in the Midwest and I cannot wait to see where it goes. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I'm a huge fan of panels. Good. I was actually on my first couple. I was at the, um, so my main, my main job, not this is in housing and the international right. builder show every year bounces back between Vegas and Orlando. And it was out in Vegas this year. And actually gave a talk about how to talk how to start a podcast, uh, which is pretty cool. And then I was on a couple panels, one for housing, one just for young professionals. And it was a little bit what you said. It was just a broad section of us that have started stuff. You know, we're in our all under 30. And it was like 300 people just peppering us with questions. But afterwards, it was awesome because it's exactly what you said. People would just beeline for you if they felt like they connected with something you said. And then you get into, right. how, well, yeah, what's up? Let's talk more. How can I help you? What do you exactly. And you just bounce I mean, it off I mean, me. And then it's it's just a lot of fun for the people on the panel too. It, it feels good to give that value in addition to receiving it. Right, because you feel on top of the world because now you have people who are looking at you for inspiration, who are looking for you for answers. Now you're going to get a little bit more confident. But at the same time, you're still being humble because you're taking the time out of your day to get insight. And, you know, sometimes with like how fast I talk and how much energy and I sound pretty confident sometimes, I always like to say like, and this is just my journey. Like this is just what I'm thinking in my head and always take everything with a grain of salt, including some of the things that I'm saying. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's hard because when you're that fast talking and confident, like it's almost like you can't be anything but that then, especially in public. So <laughs> right. it becomes part of it or it's, it, it's hard to balance every now and then. I run into the well, same thing. I mean, people, people are attracted to what they want. Right. And so, um, people, you know, I mean, especially if you're an entrepreneur, I mean, they want to have that kind of influence. They want to run this, the, the business and they, they want, um, the exposure if they want to be that forward facing entrepreneur, maybe the CEO, maybe they want to be, maybe they want to be in the back end. Maybe they just want to be the mad scientist behind the curtain and build it out. I mean, that's the thing about networking is if you have good relationships with people, you can start to maneuver some of the things that you want in life and, um, you know, build out your dreams into reality. Sure. And so you said you're only 23, which I don't think, yeah. I think if you hadn't said that people would think you're much older, where does, <laughs> Where does this sense of like just hustle and grind and grit come from with you that made you like, like, how'd you get here? Yeah. You know, it's just, it seems like dude, we're talking about crazy? the butterfly. What's, what was the cocoon, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly, dude. When did the metamorphosis happen? I was telling Nick on the, on the Lincoln Drink podcast is that I was never that dude that raised their hand in class, bro. I was, I always second guessed a lot of my, uh, a lot of the things that were going on in my head. And I, I just wasn't that guy. I, I had none of this confidence, but I started doing sales and I think if you want to run a business, you should do some type of sales because you got to get used to having things being turned down to you, um, for, for problems to arise. Um, you get to understand people really well. I think it's the greatest training tool to become a business owner. And so I started, um, I start. I think one of my first sales jobs was I was selling, uh, just, uh, clothing at PacSun. I was, uh, just a sales associate and, I got into, um, you know, getting in front of people and getting comfortable, just trying to, you know, you're not going to go up and be like, Hey, want to buy this shirt for 15 bucks? You're going <laughs> to go up there and say, dude, those shoes are tight. Like, where'd you get those? Oh, sweet. Yeah. And then you like kind of drop them. It's like, yeah, bro, those are 15 bucks. They're fire. Go grab one. And they're like, Oh shit. That guy's kind of, all right, I'll go check it out. It's not like, Hey, okay. So we have buy one, get one off on shorts. And like, no, dude, no one cares about that. Unless you ask them like, Hey, you got anything specific you're looking for? And so I started really figuring out like what people really wanted to hear. And then from there, I went and sold door to door. <laughs> I went door to door sales, um, selling fiber optic internet. 
and uh like like cable and stuff like that and i don't even remember how old i was i think i think 18 or 19 and i was so hyped because it was 100 percent commission so if you went and sold something you like you brought home exactly the price of what you sold and so it was instant gratification but it wasn't at the same time because you got your face kicked in basically 130 times a day so what happened was is this this um, third-party sales company hired was hired by um xl energy and or centurylink i think it was actually and they put you on a like high household income neighborhood they would drop you off there and you had to circle the entire neighborhood route three times once at 8 a.m once at noon and then your last one was at four when they got home from work so if you had the stay-at-home moms they might get them at eight or noon and if you got if there was no one there they probably came home at four and like dude you just work these neighborhoods and I just got told no for so many things. And then when you got that first sale, you felt like you were on top of the world and you got that sales hype and you got that sales drive. And then things didn't end up working there. Long story short, I ended up actually applying for um, a couple of different sales jobs. And then I, uh, I was supposed to move into the, like the manager position at Paxson and um, the store closed when I was going to college because I was going to college in Mankato and, the, the Paxton there closed six months before I was supposed to like move out there. I had the thing lined up and I, uh, I started looking at the campus, like job opportunities and it was like independent sales representative or something. And I was like, all right, I've done sales. Like let's take it to the next level. And it was newspaper ads and it was a hundred percent commission again. So I was like, all right, let's get it. And then I realized that selling a newspaper ad is probably not the easiest thing to do. And it was the school newspaper, so it was only on campus and, like, at some local businesses. And don't get me wrong, I love The Reporter. It was called The Reporter. I love that place. I think it just breeds a whole other person. But I kind of just knew that not many people were, were reading the newspaper anymore. And um, I built all these relationships with all these business owners. And then from there, um, that's when I really started The Butterfly. And so how I got so confident, how I got so in tune, I guess I would say, is as you start to put your ideas out there and you finally just throw it out there at one person and they agree with you, it's an affirmation that that was a good idea. And so time after time after time after time, you start to get all these affirmations and you start to get feedback on what other people don't like. And so when you start to build a company, you start to build a brand, now people start to resonate everything about you as associated with that brand. And so when the business starts taking off and you know, you're landing things from your personal mindset, you, it's just so many affirmations. And if you're a visionary, I truly believe that I'm a visionary. I start, I see things in my head and it's so played out. That's why I talk so fast. And it's like, boom, 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 because I see it in my head. And as you get so many affirmations, it just starts to make sense a lot more and more and more. And, and it's just played out. That's awesome. I feel like you and I are, yeah. are very similar because I actually just said that to somebody today because I could be on like step 50 when they're still thinking about step three. You know what I mean? When it's just like, right. I could see it clearly. I don't know how to make it, but listen to what I'm telling you. It's this, you know, you just, you, you just have to spit it out. And I go a million miles a minute. And I was at a networking once event once and people looked at me and I'm just talking and then I just stopped talking. And the guy was like, dude, you have a lot of energy. And I was like, yeah, man. And I just, I just, I just launched. It's funny. So I, yeah. I definitely get I mean, what you're saying, and it's and it's fun. We all have our mix of that, right? Those those failures are small, like just moments that built it up. Where now 
people look at you just they can't imagine you any other way but you know deep down how you got there and it was through a lot of a lot of grinding it out and, and getting comfortable with yourself so then you could project that confidence to the world right well i mean when you when, when going back to what i was talking about with surrounding myself around other like-minded people that were better than me well you're starting to advance a lot quicker and then you become homies with those people because and i didn't just hit them up and be like hey man like i'll do anything you want i was just like you know building rapport with them after replying to their Instagram stories and then, you know, trying to figure out like if they, if they had something that they had planned for the next week, I would be like, Hey, if you need, um, you know, a, a personal assistant or if you need a second shooter, if you need this, I'll do it for a hundred percent free. I just want to learn and let me know if there's anything else that you can do. And so coming in there with an idea and trying to provide as much value as possible up front and then starting to get around with these people. Now you start to build a relationship, now you're homies with them. Then they start opening up doors with people that are bigger than them. And so you start to get a little more confident because now you're closer in and in on all the circles. And yeah, man, I think I, I truly believe you don't get what you don't ask for. And so um, I think there's a lot of value in people who aren't very reactive and don't jump at situations. That's just not who I am. And again, I just don't think you get what you don't ask for. And so if you put what you want out in the world, um, some way or another, a lot of, a lot of more of those random opportunities start to arise. Well, they stop becoming random then too. Like it just becomes, exactly. it's just another opportunity cause you're making it happen. I absolutely agree. Right. Well, and just going back to, you know, some of these cliche captions and, and quotes that I was talking about, it's like the harder I work, the luckier I get. That shit's true, bro. Dude, it's so true. Um, I, I thought that was like the, like the dumbest line, but I caught myself saying it the other day because it's so relevant. It's so true. It's like literally the harder you work, not just to say you're working hard, but like you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing this, you're doing that. Then this and that, this and that, this and that starts happening. And it's just, there's too much of those coincidence where it's just like, wait, there's no way that these things should be happening right now. Um, and it's just truly because it's the, it's the more work and opportunities you put out in the world, the more they're going to come back. And the trick with that too is, the harder, harder you work, the luckier you get. And then the luckier you get, you better work harder. And <laughs> if you stop, exactly. you got to keep that loop going. And there are a lot of people right. that don't. They just get complacent, sit back, and then someone steals their lunch because they're working harder and they come up and take it. Right. Well, I would almost argue that, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. The luckier you get, the smarter you need to work. Ah, there you go. Because, oh. because what I'm learning is you cap yourself if you try to do everything. If you try to have your hands in absolutely every part of the piece of the puzzle, you cap yourself. You can only be so many places and make so many decisions in a day. Even if you're grinding and you're only sleeping two hours a night, you can only do so much a day. And so when you start to develop a team and you start to build things out, now you're starting to work smarter. You have to automate the process. You have to build things in place so that the business doesn't fall under if you're not there. You need to build these operations and all the structure. And that's something that we've been focusing on for like the last six months. And we're trying to develop these processes and document these processes. So when we hire people, it's an onboarding system. It's not just like, oh yeah, throw them in with the dogs. Like we'll figure it out because <laughs> yeah. you can't, you can't scale at that, at that rate. And so I've said it on a, a couple other podcasts and I've heard it from other people. Um, and Gary's pretty hard on this too, but it's like, yeah, work your face off but work smarter and work your face off. Cause everyone's like, Oh, work, 
don't work hard, work smart. It's like, fuck that. Do both. Why not? Yeah, man. And it's funny. I'm literally waiting for this call tonight. I saw something on Instagram, one of those cliche entrepreneur Instagram accounts. And it, the caption was, be smart. No one cares about your efforts, only the results. And it's a bunch of rabbits like running really fast and then a turtle on a skateboard passing them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm like, I love that. Yep. It sums it up. Yeah, exactly. So in all this, I mean, you sound like a very positive person, but was there ever a time that you felt like thrown in the towel and stopping growing the butterfly? hundred percent, bro. Like three hours ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it happens all the time, right? I mean, you've seen, you've seen the pictures where it's like they're on a roller coaster or they're, they're climbing a mountain. It's like life of an entrepreneur. You feel on top of the world and then you're like down in the dumps. And I mean, I think that's just the nature of what it is, right? You're, you're solving problems. You're putting out fires when you're building a business. That's all you do. And you're problem solving all the time. And so sometimes you make the right decisions and you feel on top of the world. And sometimes you just make the wrong decision. And you feel like, I don't know, should I be a number two and just go work for someone? Or is this really all worth it? And, you know, I've had those thoughts all the time. And I wouldn't even say I'm a very positive person. I, uh, I probably should take a lot more of my own advice that I put out in the world. And I'm working on it, right? I'm trying to be self-aware. I'm trying to be a better communicator. I'm trying to be a better listener. I'm trying to be a better leader. And uh, there's just a, there's a lot that, you know, you go through as an entrepreneur. And so, and, and, and on top of that, like, I still don't know shit. <laughs> I'm only 23 and I've been doing this for three years. So I could speak about the generalization and just through the journey that I've had. Um, but I know that there's so much bigger failures to come. And if I, if I truly say in the beginning of this podcast, like, fail fast and fail often, it's it's really fucking easy to just say that, right? But when you when you really live by that, that's a whole nother testament. And so I'm just trying to put more and more out there in the world and put it more on um, on social media because I'm trying to build my personal brand. But the reason why I do that is because I'm more accountable to other people than I am to myself. And so if you look at my Instagram story today, I have a 30-day challenge because I, I've only been going to the gym like three days a week and I keep saying like, dude, I got so much on my plate. Like there's no way I can hit it five days a week. And it's like, that's bullshit. That's my excuse to myself. And it's just an easy opt out. I, if I want something in life, I can clearly pave a path. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. Like that's what I do for a living. And so if my, my priority is to build a business or to build a revenue stream or to hire someone or to build a new website or to sell this, it's an objective and a goal, right? So I need to do that with my, my health goals. And I used to be in the lift. I used to hit it five days a week. I was on supplements and then started focusing on the business and I started to lose out on that. And so I was like my, my roommate, Ian, he works with me at the butterflies a lead designer, but I was like, dude, let's just do a 30 day challenge. Let's hold ourselves accountable. We'll, we'll, we'll put the rules together and we'll post it on social and we'll see who, who people think um, will win the bet. And um, it's a 30 day challenge. And the rules are, I'm just pulling it up real quick. Here it is. So rule number one, we must hit the gym by 5.30 in the morning, Monday through Friday. Um, we must read one book within 30 days. We must eat clean food, no fast food, no dirty food. And we must meditate at least once a day. And then the winner um, gets 200 bucks from the loser to spend on whatever they want. Oh, nice. And so we put it out there and it's just like, whatever. I mean, now we're going to go to the gym 30 days. We're going to read a book. We're going to meditate. Even if I slip up once, I'm probably 30 times further ahead than I would have if I didn't put myself in this position. And so if you shoot for this, if you shoot for the moon, you know, you're going to fall somewhere in the sky. Right. Sure. Yeah. Everybody needs a stretch goal. Yeah. It's exactly. And I did that with this. You, you, you asked me, 
I forget if we were recording or not, but he asked me, you know, why I got started and why I keep going some along those lines. And um, before I went, I, I agreed to do this talk at the International Builder Show when I only had like 20 episodes. And I was like, I just had no idea what I was doing, but I said yes and said, all right, I'll figure it out. I had like four months or something to get ready. And so I didn't have a website. I built a website. I didn't have any sort of, you know, like, like a little promo or intro video or something. So I hired somebody to do it. And in the voiceover on that, I put out there that I, I'm on a mission to interview the world. And I've gotten so much shit for that <laughs> since that video went out. But I love it because Good. everyone keeps they're saying talking about you, right? Well, yeah. And they're saying like, you can't do that. How are you going to interview the world? I was like, one person at a time, man. What do you want to interview my neighborhood? I'll be done next week. Like, what fun is that? There's always somebody right. else I can talk to. So I'm with you on the accountability thing, man. It's You have to you have to reach high, like you said. Otherwise, you're just going to be average, and that's not fun. Right. We just put a, we put a quote on our whiteboard that we walk by every single morning, and it says, be obsessed or be average. And if you, if you don't want, like, this is what I know Gary's talked about it and stuff. Like, there's nothing wrong with, if you don't like care about any money and you just really care about, you know, having a family and you don't care about where you live and you just want a mediocre life, like there's nothing wrong with that. I just know I don't want that. I want an extreme lifestyle. I want to be able to do things in my own terms. And it's going to take a long time to do that and to do it right. But I'm all about the long game. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty self-aware. Like I like nice things. I, I enjoy getting money. So I'm going to not be arrogant to that. I'm going to say I'm self-aware in that sense. So, you know, it's a, it's a measurable goal when you, when you want something in life that attains money, but um, it's not for, it's not a, a goal for everyone, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned a few little tidbits along the way here, but as you've gotten further and further on this, you know, the journey that you're on, what's been a really good piece of advice that somebody's given you about starting a business? Um, I would say just kind of some of the things that I've been talking about, right? So networking and providing true value. I, I always say you got to put your shitty video out there first because that's what I did. Um, but you have to, right? And I would also say trying to the one thing I do like about college, so I, I went to college, um, I always decipher like whether or not I want to stay in college, drop out or whatever. And I have a laundry list of, you know, arguments on both sides of that. But um, going back to that networking piece, something that's significant about college is that there's never, ever, ever, ever going to be a time in your life that you're going to be around so many different people doing so many different things. There's just never going to do it because when you go into a work field, they're all doing different things, but it's around one company. And not to say that everyone in college is working and building businesses and doing this, but there are people and people do those things and they eventually grow into their careers and they grow into their dreams and they, and they start to build them into reality. And so when you think about all the big dogs and all the things that started happening of all these massive companies, it's all because someone knew someone. It's always because they got in by someone they knew. And there's always their outliers that, you know, they, they won this or they, they earned this and power to them for sure. But for most of it, it's all because they know someone of someone and it's, uh, it's just knowing the right people. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny you say that about college. I've had the same arguments back and forth too. And I'm actually gotten, I got asked to go back to my college and talk at accepted students day to all the people that are coming in, them and their parents. In my brain, I'm saying that kind of stuff on this stage, just ranting about start a business in your dorm room and do all this stuff and take advantage and because i wish i could go back i don't i totally followed the status quo like i was very involved in college graduated just got my nine to five worked very hard at it rose a ladder but then just sort of forgot about a lot of the other stuff you know like 
so that's what I love about this is like I found it again and it's awesome. So I just want to, I think always encourage people just don't, don't lose it. You know, once you grab it, hold on that sort of thing. Yeah. I love it, man. I mean, props to you for finding that again. This is a very obscure question. So just, I have to preface it because you're going to say, come on, man, really? Um, if you think about, you know, this process of starting the social butterfly or Lincoln drink, just your entrepreneurial spirit and everything you've done, how would you describe that in three words? Describe my entrepreneurial, uh, journey yep. in three words. I'm not done. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> That one's off the spot, dude. I, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I love that. That's why I asked either. that question because it's always the best ones are when it's like they just hit you with it like that. So, dude, um, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to rip that out of the sound bite and send that. To me. I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I will. I can do that. No. So I asked everybody that. That becomes the name of the episode. I take the every oh, three perfect. words. So it's gonna be your what episode. What was Nick's again? What was Nick's again? Nick's was keep pushing forward. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Same thing. I'm not done. Quick. Yeah. Keep pushing forward. Yeah. I like that, man. I like that a lot. Well, I always like to flip the power in this kind of thing. You know, I've been grilling you for about 50 minutes here and I like to give you the, give you the mic as it were and see if you have any questions for me. Um, I, uh, I'll say this, I would say, I don't know how you got into the Minnesota pocket, but I respect it. (laughs) And I'm going to, I'm going to flip the question in on you. Describe your journey an entrepreneurial spirit in three words other than using the title sure yeah what i love about that question too is that every time anybody asks me that it's just completely different like if i ask you that question tomorrow you probably have another three words it's just it's all about it's all relative it's relative to your state of mind right now exactly yeah so because now talking to you i'm i got a little bit hyped up late at (laughs) night so you got me talking about you know some of the different things and where it started like i'm not done dude yeah i love that that's awesome that that should be an iconic freaking canvas art right there they can put the butterfly in the bottom right for you and he says i'm not done instead of a period it's the butterfly get that in your office yeah i'm about it that'd be I'm awesome about it. um so my three words my entrepreneurial three words i think the first would be unplanned because i really didn't okay. have a plan i just bought a little starter kit and started doing this thing and here it is um right so unplanned um hmm it's tough to spin it back on you, huh? Yeah, and it's funny. I, I'm never prepared for it, and I, I, everyone, a lot of people like to do this to me. But again, it's just that mindset. And a lot I, sometimes I ask people just their life in general, three words, or I pick a different content arc. This is the first time somebody's asked me about the entrepreneurial side in three words. So, okay, unplanned, and yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I'm trying to think of the word for what what's in my head, but really, say it out loud. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's I really, can help you it's really just it the fact that. Um, I don't agree that I am one. So maybe unplanned, you know, <laughs> disagree. Like I just, to me, I laugh. People say all the time, my website's rtjmedia.com. And I've always yeah. people coming to me and it's like, oh, so you're starting a media company. It's like, I guess like, dude, this is just me in the upstairs of my house with this little studio I put together talking to people, you know, right. I know it can be so much more and I got to figure that out. I'm still very early in it, but it doesn't feel like I'm an entrepreneur. So I don't know what that word is, but so, okay. Got it. Unplanned okay. Im- imposter, um, and joy. It's fun, man. Okay. At the end of the day, Gratitude. it's just I fun. Like it. Yeah, it's yeah. It keeps me going. I have trouble sleeping every time. Like, it's 
it's when you do these late night ones. Oh yeah, dude. You're so hyped. It's almost 11 p.m. by me. Like I'm gonna have to go watch Netflix and do something, like read a book, because (laughs) I just I want to go do something now. Like I want to just start on the next thing, because I just love talking to people that have the similar mindset, and it really helps me recharge then. Because I wake up at 5 a.m. too, and I got to take the dog out, get the uh, I have a one year old son, get him you know, ready to go, take him to daycare, go to the office. And man, I'm in my desk from like 730 in the, in the morning till 530 in the afternoon and I come back to the family thing. And then I do this and it's just repeat, but I love it. It's awesome. So definitely right. grateful for it and grateful that people keep agreeing to talk to me. You know, I'll keep doing it as long as people want to listen to me and <laughs> want to keep sharing their stories. Yeah. I love that, man. And it's, uh, it's gratitude. It's uh, something that, that when you find that, you got to hold on to it. Like you said, well, what do you want to leave the good people of Minnesota and the rest of the world with here? Your final soundbite to take us home. Whew, that's a <laughs> another a vague, open-ended one. I know. Yeah, that was my favorite. I would say um, I'd kind of just summarize and say, you know, I'm only 23. Um, I've I've done a, I've done a lot of different things. I've uh, I've been really uncomfortable the last couple of months, and I think that the more uncomfortable uncomfortable you become the more criticized you you get and you can just take feedback and go which direction you want to go down with and you can take this criticize criticizing as okay people don't like this it's negative or you can look at it as okay why don't they like it and again take it with a grain of salt but figure out you know what does the market want to tell you at the same time I'm very contradicting at the same time don't care what people think <laughs> <laughs> because because it's like at some point, right? Like if I was a really shitty photographer or videographer and I just kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing, it might happen, but you have to be self-aware of, you know, are you actually good at this? Like if I want to become a basketball player, I'm five, eight and like 155 pounds, bro. There's no way I'm becoming an NBA basketball player. And so trying to be as self-aware as possible and, understanding that you're going to get hate for no matter what you do, whether it's a little or a lot and just keep pushing, but listen to what the market's saying at the same time. I love it. I love it. I do love it. I loved it then. I love it now. That is one of my favorite conversations by far in relish the journey history. And I hope you guys got a kick out of here in the back one more time. Like I said in the beginning, that was originally Season 1, Episode 57. It's making its way back into the light of day here with Season 3. Another thing I said in the beginning, but I'll say again, one thing that really impresses me about Brandon is his consistency. I mean, he and I had this conversation two years ago now, and he is still living up to every single word he said in this podcast, and it's that's probably the most inspiring thing to me. It's not when somebody shows up in one moment of time and gives you a good sound bite, but when they stay true to the stuff that they say in a podcast or social media or your face-to-face com- communication, right, anything, when they do what they say they're going to do and they live up to those mantras they preach, that is what really impresses me. I've talked to many people that do the opposite, and Brand is not one of those people, so Cheers to you, man. It's been fun staying in touch since we recorded this episode, and I love sharing your words with the world. So if you guys like Brandon, he's also in my book. You can check out uh, Unseen Work. Pick up a copy of that book anywhere you get your books online. 
and Brandon is in there. His chapter is labeled Future Mogul because I truly believe that is what this guy is going to be one day. He's going to be one of those big names we're all talking about. So Brandon, cheers to you. Everybody listening to this podcast, cheers to you all as well. Thanks for listening. You're hanging out with me, Miles Biggs, in Season 3 of Relish the Journey. Until next time, cheers.